Good afternoon, honorable members. And thank you for joining us on this virtual plenary session of the mini plenary in the National Assembly. There will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Thank you. Honorable members, before we start this mini plenary, I wish to bring the following to your attention. I would like to remind you that the virtual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precincts of parliament and that it constitutes a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of the virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a setting of the National Assembly. Members should equally Thank note you. that anything said in the virtual platform Honourable members to have been said before to the House this and it may be ruled upon. I wish to bring all members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones. I'd like to and only unmute when they are recognized. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and can pick up noise, which may disturb the attention of other members. In addition when recognized to speak, the virtual please unmute your microphone and connect to your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of the screens, including which the has an option that allows a member to put members up enjoy the same power raise points of order. In this respect, the Secretariat will assist in alerting the, the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or resist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. Member who, members who do not observe this will be asked to remove themselves from the virtual system, or I may request the Sergeant at Arms to remove such members from the virtual system. We shall now proceed to the order, which is debate on vote number 16, Basic Education Adjustment Appropriation Bill. The Honorable Minister of Basic Education, No, thank you very much, Chair. Let me also acknowledge uh, honorable members in the House, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. Chair, let me, on behalf of the entire basic education sector, thank the National Assembly for inviting us to table the 2020-2021 adjusted budget on vote 16 of basic education. But before I get into the business of the day, Chair, please allow me to re recognize and give respect to the dearly departed We do agree with the President when he said the passing of Babu Mlangeni does signify the end of a generational history. His generation of leaders was indeed a reservoir of knowledge, wisdom, and sanity. We will surely miss their ad advice and counsel and we want to say, may his soul rest in peace. Chair, just going to the budget, you will recall that during the 2019-2020 debate, we reported that the Council of Education Ministers had approved sector priorities intended to lay solid foundation for quality and efficient education system 
as well as to continue contributing towards providing permanent solutions to the architecture of the entire education system. So the 2020-2021 adjusted budget allocation vote 16, honorable chair, while we were either or busy piloting or implementing some of our strategies that we had committed ourselves in the previous year, and indeed the world and not only us as a country found ourselves engulfed by the novel coronavirus pandemic, which brought a new abnormal situation in our space. And part of this new abnormal environment had to be the adjustments that we made to budget allocations earlier appropriated in the, in the year. So DBE and its state organs endured budget cuts similar to other departments of state and also other organs of state. Hence, we are tabling the 2021 budget adjusted at today's debate in the National Assembly. Firstly, our initial budget for 2021 for DBE before the adjustment stood at 25.3 million. But however, with the adjustments, the budget has gone down to 23.2 billion, which is a decrease of 5.3%. Therefore, our reductions that we had, we had to experience as the department comes to 2.1 billion, which is, again, necessary, a reduction of 8.3 from what we originally had, had, had asked for or had been allocated. Secondly, the initial overall budget of 2020-2021 for conditional grants stood at 19.6 billion, but with a reduction, it has gone down to 17.2 billion. Therefore, the reduction also on conditional grants comes to 2.3 billion, which gives us a reduction of 11.7%. And therefore, the reduction after the reduction from the general budget and reduction from, from conditional grants of the earmarked funds comes to 7.1%. However, after adjustments, the average allocation of 2021 to 20, 2020 to 2021 earmarked funding in total now, all of it combined is 3.5 billion. Therefore, however, the, the overall allocation to the, to, to, to the budget, as I say, has been, has been reduced by 3.5 billion. Therefore, the total decrease from the overall allocation of 2020, 2021, comes to 4.7, comes down to with about 0.3%. But Chet, despite all the difficulties, we will want to reflect on what we've been doing in the meantime to ensure that we can keep the ship on track and we can continue with our work. Speaker and honorable members, we wish to remind the House that our action plan 2020 towards the realization of schooling gives expression to our sector priorities and anchored on the noble declaration that comes from our constitution, but also from our commitments in the NDP, our commitments into UNESCO, in particular the SDG4. We continue to roll out some of our plans some of our projects and programs and interventions to ensure that the social justice principles which characterize the basic education system continue to be implemented. And this we must continue despite the challenges that we are facing currently. Chair, on prior 
priority, on our first priority, which is strategic priority around early childhood development, particularly the urgent implementation of the two years of ECD before grade R, and their re relocation of zero to four year olds from the Department of Social Development to basic education. We want to report that, to, that in order to cater for these two years of ECD before grade, grade one, we are or we have submitted amendments to the basic education amendment laws, which is the Bella bill, to make sure that we can factor the necessary changes to accommodate the new changes. We also want to report that the General Technical Advisory Center, GTEC, is supporting both DBE and the Department of Social Development to ensure a smooth and seamless relocation of ECD delivery from social development to DBE, firstly by conducting a function di diagnosis assessment to determine the resources connected, connected to ECD functions in, from Department of Social Development but also to really look at the readiness of DBE to receive the function. The team working on this transition, there is a team comprising of, of a group of experts from government, from academia, from NGOs and civil society, which is working with both the National Department of Education and Social Development, indeed to ensure that there is this smooth transition. Again, you'll recall that we had also said the second priority that we're looking at is really the curriculum with skills and competences for a changing world in public schooling. Despite all the challenges that we are facing under COVID-19, we can say DBE has developed the coding and, ro and robotics curriculum for grade R to 9, and it's, it's being currently repackaged to ensure proper sequencing and seamless pro progression from one phase to the next. We are planning that the repackaging process will be completed by the end of July this year, after which that curriculum will be, will be presented to Umaluxi for, for approval. In the meantime, the training of teachers and subject advisors will be conducted online because of the current situation that we find ourselves with COVID-19. But we are also extremely grateful to EDTP CITA, which has assisted us with the necessary resources to, to, to be able to train our teachers. On the other hand, we are also working very hard to strengthen our skills development initiatives through the three-stream curriculum model. Our partnership, for instance, with Ford Motor Company, will see that even this year under COVID-19, 240 engines will be donated to technical schools which offer automotive as a subject. In our efforts also to provide every school, because that's one commitment we have made, uh, that we had committed that we will provide every school with ICT devi devices, which are loaded with digital content. DBE with the mobile network operators have completed now at this stage an audit of all the 477 special schools. We have also finalized the implementation plan with the mobile network operators to provide all the schools with devices, connectivity, digital content, as well as ICT integration training for teachers. The department chair, in partnership with the Department of Communication and Digital Technologies, has identified 152 sites in 76 education districts to equip them with the virtual classroom infrastructure. Through this initiative, the sector will fully embrace the digital revolution to remote learning 
districts will be able to benefit through curriculum specialists stream lessons on digital platforms. Again, Chair, we committed ourselves around the development of history, and I can report that the process which had started in 2014 with 2019 is at a very, very advanced stage, and we are confident that by 2023, the process would have been completed. Again, Chair, we had committed ourselves to introducing Kiswahili as a second language and the process of incrementally focusing the teaching of African languages to previously marginalized to other communities which are not speaking both languages. So this has led to the introduction of Kiswahili as a second language in grades 4 to 12 in 90 schools and the curriculum and assessment policy statement for Kiswahili for grade 4 to 9 has been versioned to the Swahili toolkit and has been developed to respective grades. Thirdly, on our priorities, Chair, you remember that we had also spoken about the standardization or the general education certificate, which did cause some misunderstanding amongst communities. And I also wish to remind that this qualification has a white paper of 1995. And all that we were doing was to implement that which government had already agreed on. So we can report again that the policy framework for the introduction of the general education certificate, this GEC, has been drafted, has been submitted to UMALUSI for review and approval. Work has been commissioned on a blueprint for assessment options that will inform learners, teachers, and parents and the system about the suitability of learners to undertake an academic, vocational, or, 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 or an occupational stream. Again, we're looking forward that despite all the challenges, the rollout of the GEC is scheduled for 2023. Chair, we also committed ourselves around the national assessment framework. The department has already drafted the national assessment framework, which will serve to coordinate all assessments uh, assessment conducted in the general and further education uh, streams. So a basket of purpose-driven assessments from school entry grade R to grade 9 has been designed for implementation during this administration. The assessment programs and our participation in international best benchmark assessment will be implemented and will keep the nation informed at all times. On systemic evaluation, a significant intervention of the national assessment framework is the rollout of systemic evaluation and the initiative targeted at establishing key learner competencies in mathematics and languages at the end of grade three, six, and nine, and finding out what are the enabling school and system support factors that contribute to the improvement of learning outcomes, the first cycle of systemic evaluation. Chair, as I say, we continue to commit ourselves that despite the challenges that are confronting us, we're working very hard to ensure that the commitments that we had made that we will implement during this current, current financial year, but also within the MTF, is realized as far as possible. So I really want to conclude, Chair and Honorable Members, that's just saying the obvious, that indeed as a sector and everybody else, like everybody else, the COVID-19 pandemic has really pro uh, created a very difficult uh, situation for us, but us, for, for us as a sector, but we continue to be committed to say we will do whatever we can to protect the lives and the education of our children. In fact, 
We also want to say that as a sector, we are a microcosm of our communities because we're located in communities. And at that point, at this point, Chair, I really want to give respect to the families of our school communities whose members have succumbed to the virus and already say, may their soul rest in peace. And we wish those that are currently being infected to improve and come back and work with us in the system. And again, we want to remind ourselves about what the president had said in the 2019-2020 budget, which he says, we must reimagine and build the South Africa we yearn for, South Africa of our dreams. And there is no doubt in our minds that our country has indeed ushered in the new dawn, a period characterized by selfless public service, hope and renewal, despite the new COVID-19 normal. We wish to thank His Excellency, the President, the National Command Center, and the COVID Advisory Committee led by Professor Karim for all the leadership they've been providing us during these very difficult times. But we also want to thank the sister departments for all the support that they've given to our sector, your, your Department of Water and Sanitation, the Development Bank of South Africa, and in particular, the South African National Defense Force, which has also come to our rescue, and the different NGOs and businesses that came up to support us, both for private and even individuals. But in particular, I want to cite out the NECT, which has helped us also to, to link, helped us in linking with communities that are active in education. For that, we remain grateful. But Chair, again, during this period, we've enjoyed enormous support from the, 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 the committee that deals with our sector, the education uh, uh, committee that has really been supportive, but also had given us all the necessary guidance. And to that, I want to thank the chair and all members of the committee. Finally, I also want to thank my colleague, Dr. Regina Mohaule, to thank also colleagues from different provinces who, who have been really supportive throughout this time. Thank the director general and all heads of department who have pulled very hard during this difficult uh, period to make sure that we can continue to provide what we possibly can provide under extremely difficult conditions. Also want to thank our partners in the sector, your school governing bodies, your teacher organizations, but also as I say, your non-governmental organizations, which have been of great support during these trying times. Chair, I really want to stop at stop there and thank you most sincerely for the opportunity to come and present the budget before your committee. Thank you very much, Chair. No, thank you very much, Honourable uh, Minister. The next speaker is the Gaba. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Honourable Chair. And uh, let me pass my greetings to the ministers, DMs, and members of the House that are on the virtual platform. Probably we need to say that. Um, as the committee, we are deepening and we are saying condolences to the family of Babumlangeni, who has passed on this morning. And we are saying our condolences yeah, to the yeah. in general. Minister, as the committee also, I think we need to say to you that we are supporting you, we are behind you a lot is on your name and we want you to stand firm and lead during this difficult um, period. We just need to remind everybody that um, at the 54th National Conference of the ANC in 2017, 
we took stock of where we are as a nation with regards to the pedagogic development of our children. We recorded that progress that has been made in providing scholar transport and the ongoing need for such services. We confronted the existing challenges of inequality between rural and urban schools and that some schools in rural areas still face the challenge of lack of basic services. We agreed on the need to digitalize learning and teaching support material as we welcomed the expansion of vocational, technical and occupational education in schools and noted that there is a lack of electricity, there is a lack of libraries, and there is a lack of laboratories, which are in an indictment in the capacity of our schools to offer science and technology. The comprehensive position that we emerged from the conference, which was under, underpinned by the need to ensure the pedagogic development and teaching can take place in a supportive environment in which infrastructure and basic services are in place to provide a conducive learning environment. As members of parliament, this is a time when what is expected of us goes beyond a party affiliation. For the ANC, it is about uniting the people behind a risk-adjusted strategy that will ultimately contribute towards saving lives and out of adversity, emerging more resilient and determined that we have a new nation to build that requires all our wisdom and foresight. As the ANC, we have been mandated to lead and have a manifesto that was shaped by and speaks to the needs of our people. Our task today is to ensure that the needs of our children, the needs of our teachers, our support staff, school governing bodies, and all the workers in the basic education sector are mobilized behind a common vision on dealing with the reality of what the COVID-19 means for the sector and how best we respond to protect those who are vulnerable, those who teach and their families and our children, the students of the future who require a firm foundation of knowledge and skills best found in a structured education environment. This is not a, develop, a, a departmental matter alone, as some try to make out of their own subjective ends. When the president pulled all parties together in March, here in parliament, his appeal was that we have to work together to limit the damage that the coronavirus can cause and that the certain measures would have to be put in place to adjust the nation to the reality that the globe was going through. It was within this context that when schools were closed during the level five risk adjusted strategy, those in education knew certain dangers would arise and that the closure, as has been the case in other countries, would have to be reassessed based on the balance of evidence. This balance of evidence is what has become contested in the phased return to school. It is understandable, but when we must address the facts and not allow our subjective prejudices, perceptions, or attitudes to cloudy decisions that needs to be taken. It needs to be stressed that the entire rollout of the managed plan of the phased return to school has been done through comprehensive consultation with all key stakeholders. Consultation means getting the views and opinions and not necessarily agreeing on all opinions that are raised. Importantly, the plans have been implemented have been flexible in the context of the increase in the infection rate in our communities. These included options for parents who wish not to take their children back to school and who have registered for home education. Parents have also been given an opportunity to enroll their children for, for online learning or even partner with the school to keep the child registered 
while the parent or, co- or caregiver takes the responsibility of fetching and dropping off the child's schoolwork to and from home. The principle that has underpinned the approach has been a collaborative one between schools and parents to ensure that no child is left behind. The ANC's orientation is on an inclusive education at all levels of the basic system, facilitating the inclusion of vulnerable learners and reducing barriers to learning through targeted support structures and programs that will improve the retention of learners in the education system. The active participation of organs of civil society in both formal and non-formal education has given us healthy balance of rigorous engagement on policy issues. The ANC government has driven a national curriculum which reflects the norms and values of non-racial, non-sexist and democratic society and which is relevant to both the needs of the individual as well as the social and economic needs of our society. The curriculum which has been developed is based on the principles, critical thinking and social responsibility which empowers individuals to participate in all aspects of society. This provides a general education based on integrating academic, vocational, and technical skills. We have the responsibility as the governing party to ensure that education better prepares individuals to adapt to the needs of a changing and dynamic economy and ensure equality of opportunity for all our citizens. Thank you very much, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honourable members, you should have listened before the mini plenary started. We said you cannot just switch on your microphone and do as you please. I'll take you off the virtual platform. The next speaker is the Honourable Tarabella Marchesi. Honourable Member, we can't hear you. Uh, okay. Thank you, Chair. If you had any doubt about inequality in South Africa, COVID-19 has unmasked these inequalities. This outbreak could have been a catalyst to bridge the gaps and divide, but instead, the decision and priorities taken by this government widened the inequality divide even further. Sorry, Chair. With just few options on how to deal with this virus, the first was to close schools based on the advice by WHO. The second priority was the delivery of teaching and learning during the lockdown. And right there, the widespread historical problems which engulfed this sector from water sanitation, overcrowded classrooms, and shortage of teachers, were just some of the reasons pointed out as hindrance in reopening schools in a safe manner. Very few schools embarking on e-learning, leaving millions of learners behind with no means of learning whatsoever. Whilst developing countries such as the Kenya offering free learning for their learners as schools remain closed because they could not compromise on teaching and learning. To them, this is non-negotiable. Basic education sector, when 
during that time went into a slumber during the hard lockdown. And therefore, to an extent that there was a movement to stop the Western Cape Education Department from feeding learners who desperately rely on nutrition programs. But fortunately, the Western Cape decision was supported by a ruling which found all provinces to be in breach of the constitution for not re-implementing the school's feeding scheme. That says a lot about this so-called poor, poor government. In addition, having the president not honoring his commitment to provide tablets for learning, the idea of learning was quickly abandoned and left with no option but to open schools very much away of the shortcomings of our infrastructure. It soon became apparent that we are divided as a nation on this issue, and understandably so, because lives are threatened. The virus does not discriminate. Yet, we needed schools to reopen so that we can have some kind of normality with the understanding that face-to-face -face learning is ultimately our only option. With a fragile economy like ours and the potential of hunger and starvation amongst our learners, we could only forge through and try to learn to live with the virus. The option to reopen school, schools was further motivated by scientific data that showed low rate of infection and transmission among young, young people which gave many an assurance that we could open schools on condition that uh, COVID protocols are followed. And those schools that are non-compliant must not reopen. Unfortunately, while promises were made to provide COVID essentials, none of these commitments were met with additional budget. Instead, the sector was dealt with budget cuts and reprioritization, which meant uh, provinces were to use their infrastructure grant to meet their COVID priorities. This is a shame. It is a shame because efforts to address sanitation, inadequate and poor infrastructure, IT infrastructure backlog, were now put on the back banner and therefore will not be addressed in a foreseeable future. Millions were spent on COVID essential, water tanks and transportation of the water. But very quickly, we learned that uh, certain provinces will not actually be able to accept school, especially the Eastern Cape. And therefore, uh, as we speak now as well, is the fact that you know, 16,168 teachers with comorbidities are still not yet replaced. Minister, you assured the nation that you not compromise on these three essentials like masks, social distancing, and sanitizers. But your own government decided to ease the taxi industry relations by allowing 100% capacity load, which means learners can travel in a taxi that is not complying with social distancing regulation and end up at a school that has worked hard to control the infection, but could now put all at risk because of these kind of decisions. And now the unions are also up in arms for closing schools. Unions have been adamant and fighting against reopening schools and yet not providing any innovative ways of continuing with teaching and learning outside of the school environment. This is very uh, disappointing to say the least. The problem is that, that we are faced with the fact that schools are closing for 14 days for quarantine or isolation, sometimes for three days for decontamination. Those are the issues that we have to put on the table with the unions to say, what is it that they are making doing to make sure that teaching does continue? These are discussions, not the discussions of just shutting down schools and leaving our learners stranded and not receiving any kind of learning. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is Honourable Mashabella.
Thank you, House Chair. Aimangwe. COVID-19 has further widened the inequality gap and exposed the elite nature of South African education system. And the Department of Basic Education is in a permanent state of crisis as a result with its obsession with metric pass rate and saving the academic year at all costs. Despite years and years of the department's incompetence and failure to provide proper classrooms, basic like water and sanitation, and the budget adjustment is premised on the insistence of saving the academic year at all costs while members of parliament are debating the budget adjustment from the comfort of their homes. Since the so-called phased-in reopening of schools by the department, at least 775 schools and over 1,619 teachers contracted COVID-19 with over 500 learners saving tested positive. The reopening of schools was allowed when all conditions for reopening were not met. Teachers were not training on COVID-19 protocols. Even to date, this has not happened. We have, we know that there was no quality assurance of personal protective equipment sent to schools. Some schools received wrong face masks and poor quality sanitizers. As things stand, Makaula Senior Secondary School, where 204 learners and staff tested positive, were provided with shorty sanitizers. Nine other schools in the Alfred Nzo district had shorty sanitizers. Essentially, the department seeks to engage in a dangerous experiment with learners and teachers, while politicians work remotely in the comfort of their homes with heaters and fireplaces. We are not confident that the 600 million for school infrastructure backlogs allocated will be used effectively since the Department of Basic Education has not been able to adhere to its norms and standards for many years now. Many schools, particularly in Limpopo, Eastern Cape and Guazulu Natal, remain in appalling conditions without water and sanitation. Chairperson, the economic freedom fighters will never forget the ANC government, which killed Michael Komape, a great art learner in Limpopo, who fell in a, in a pit toilet. We shall never forget the ANC government, which killed Lumkam Ketwa, a great art learner in the Eastern Cape, who fell in a pit toilet. May their soul continue to rest in peace. It is an open secret that the supply of water tanks and water delivery has become a way for the politically connected to dispense political patronage, even when we warned that this is not the most practical way to deliver water to schools because schools need permanent infrastructure. Both says and Umalusi have included the adjustment budget allocation for travel and accommodation, while the Department of Basic Education stated that no traveling will be taking place. Chairperson, the
The economic freedom fighters does not believe that the budget vote is in the best interest of learners or educators, but in the interest of saving the academic year at all costs, which widen the inequalities that already exist in the education system. We have leaders who do not have the capacity or the political will to reimagine the education of our children. We must do away with the two-lie system for the whites and black people. We must train our teachers to use technology to teach and assess learners. We must move the curriculum for all to online, television and radio channels. Every learner must get a locally manufactured tablet loaded with tutorial videos, assessment and study material. We must do this so that we close schools until such time we know that we are not sending our children to school to die. We can always reopen schools, but the life of our children, we cannot get back once lost. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Ngobo. Uh, thank you very much, House Chair. Honorable members, it is a grim reality that the COVID-19 pandemic has shown a spotlight on the deep inequalities in our education system. Uh, this pandemic sharply brings into question our efforts not only to protect the health of our children, but also our government's genuine efforts to ensure they are not left behind. Honorable members, uh, before we turn to the supplementary budget, which uh, we are about today, we wish to emphasize that the IFA has strongly spoken out about the manner schools were reopened. We warned that schools were uh, uh, hotspots for the pandemic. It is with great sadness that we read this morning of the death of a teacher in Wazulu-Natal who apparently had no comorbidities uh, but died. Uh, due to COVID-19. And I wish to state that I, 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 I live not far from where this teacher died. She, she, she dropped dead whilst on her way to school in the morning. Why is the minister being stubborn on this critical matter? The matter apparently had uh, various consultations with stakeholders, yet the schools are still open. The FP demands urgent action from the minister. Honorable members, despite the fact that COVID-19 has revealed the absolute desperation that certain schools, especially in the rural areas, face uh, to prepare for and manage the impact of this pandemic, the supplementary budget makes no additional funding available to basic education. Ultimately, this heavy burden created in the managing uh, and in managing the impact of the pandemic. Uh, will be absorbed by the basic education sector itself, and we will see its long-lasting impact on the key programs of the Department of Basic Education. The FP in, the, in general support uh, the budgetary adjustments, but remains highly concerned about this burden on the education sector, especially since 600 million rand has been reprioritized from the school infrastructure backlogs grant for uh, procurement of water tanks. 
These adjustments will inevitably have a negative impact on school infrastructure projects. We will see the postponement and suspension of projects at the expense of the education of those most in need. Honorable members, now more than ever before, we cannot allow any resources to be wasted. According to the Department of Basic Education, in response to the pandemic, provinces are obliged to provide mobile classrooms and address the issue of vandalized schools. Hundreds of schools were vandalized in Wazulu Natal during the initial lockdown and elsewhere, like in Limpombo. Uh, this province can ill afford this additional burden, and it is again at the expense of children's education. We understand that the task team has been set up to investigate the vandalism of these schools. The AFP will monitor developments in this regard very carefully and call for accountability. And in conclusion, uh, the IFP strongly urges proper oversight in the financial management of the Department of Basic Education and of Provincial Education Departments in fulfilling their constitutional mandate. As a country, we cannot afford to have public resources being recklessly squandered. While we support uh, the, the budget as the IFP. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member.
are two widely different countries, but both with the distinction that they have turned a backward education system into some of the best within a generation. Most extraordinary is that none achieve it through lavish budget, but through a culture of communities keeping education in high regard and teachers highly dedicated, dedicated to their vocation. In dit is die groot ongelijkheid in Zuid-Afrikaanse onderwijs. Die volmink verslag het aangeduid dat er groot skaalse geld vir postekoerupsie is en hy het een vakbondarbeid betrek. Dit het nog nie tot vervolging geleid. Daar is ook een neiging by een van die vakbonde om te staak wanneer hulle nie in die sin krijg. Daar was stakings in onderwijs waar ander vakbonde een weersinswekkende gedachte is. Daar is duisende onderwijsers wat vir skoolbeheerlichaam bewerk in een breekdeel van die vergoeding wat onderwijsers in die staatse dienst ontvang. Hulle word met die selle eerbied en waardering beheer, want onderwijs is nie net een beroep nie, dit is een roeping. Waar onderwijser werk vir wie dit een roeping is, daar maak hulle plan is om skole oop te hou, al is dit op wat sy. Ander kyk of hulle skole kan toemaak en toehou. Die ongelijkheid gaan nie oorras nie. Gaan kyk byvoorbeeld na die Baitereddy Technical and Commercial School in Motivistad, daar by Koerman in die Noord gekaam. Dit gaan oor toeweiding waar die gemeenskap en onderwijsers het eenheid vorm om onderwijs aan hulle kinders te bied, wat ook hulle omstandighede, daar sal nie eerst die noodbegroting een krisis geek. Maar waar onderwijsers, soos NP van Bijkloud het in een ander context tel, soos loonwerkers sorgvuldig die ure en die kate tel, daar heers een krisis permanent. Baie dankie. Hoor, hoor. Thank you, Honorable Member. Yeah, is the Honorable Deputy Minister of Basic Education. The Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you, House Chair, uh, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, Minister of Basic Education, my Angie Mutsaka, members of the National Executive that might be present, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, fellow South Africans and Bonan. Honorable Chair, we woke up this morning uh, to the sad news of the passing of Babu Andrew Mukitim Langini, the last of the Rivonia trialists, a recipient of the Presidential Order for Meritorious Service, first class, and Isitualan, the highest honor of his beloved organization, the African National Congress, which recognized his outstanding contribution to the liberation struggle that led to the democratic uh, dispensation in 1994. Let me join the minister in sending condolences to the Mlangen family, fellow comrades, and the people of South Africa for this great loss. Shame, education can enable humanity to make a better tomorrow. It is only through education that we can dream and go on to great uh, achievement. We convene today, Chairperson, under the circumstances. I don't know who's taking my time. Honorable Deputy Minister. Honorable Deputy Minister, please switch on your microphone now, please. There was somebody that disturbed you. May I ask the Honorable Clow to mute the microphone? You may continue, Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you, Chair. I said we convene today under the circumstances not of our making, but those imposed on us by the global health pandemic, which has placed in us a new normal. 
Thus, the reopening of schools offer a new frontier against the pandemic as they are repurposed as epicenters of surveillance, screening, and contact tracing and testing of cases that would otherwise have fallen through the cracks. The COVID-19 storm threatens to engulf us, but we are steadfast in our resolve that the pandemic won't be allowed to reverse the gaze of the National Democratic Revolution. We insist that as headwinds threaten to stall all our march to victory, no child should be left behind. We remain committed to the call of the National Development Plan that basic education must play a greater role in building an inclusive society, providing equal opportunities and helping all South Africans to realize their full potential, in particular those uh, who are previously disadvantaged. Chair, this period of uncertainty offers us an opportunity to craft a post-COVID-19 uh, basic education social impact. It must be built on the back of the solid success of the last 26 years. It was no surprise that the class of 2019 achieved the historic 81.3% pass rate, a record of 409,906 candidates passed the 2019 uh, National Senior Certificate Examination. This achievement is no mean feat considering the metric pass rate moved from a low base of 53.4% in 1994 to around 60% in 2009 and to above 70% in the recent years. That's why now we say 81% really is a record. Chair, let's recap that the 2019 NSC passes for quintiles one to three, wherein people will always say the education system is not pro-poor. But when we look at the results from quintiles one to three, the NOFI schools, uh, when you uh, look at the results combined, they, they stood at 248,960. The bachelor passes achieved by learners of NOFI schools stood at 96,922, an increase of 14.4% uh, from 2018. This increase lies in what research tells us that in 2005, 60% of bachelor passes came from the best performing 20% of schooling in the sector. However, with the introduction of the pro-poor financing of the education system in 2015, the no schools produced 51% of bachelor passes, which increased to 55% in 2019. Therefore, the significance of this is that the recap between the bachelor passes produced by NOFI schools versus those produced by FIFA schools have significantly and progressively increased from 2% in 2015 to 10% in 2019. Honorable House Chair, whereas from uh, 2015 to date, greater equity and redress imperatives are systematically addressed. Inequalities remain in the system. However, major strides have been recorded since the rollout of proper policies such as NOFI schools school nutrition programs, scholar transport, and health services, among others. These have shifted the balance of forces at the school level in favor of the marginalized learners. All these interventions, which are called the social wage by said South Africa, have improved access and retention of learners in schools, thus promoting equity and quality immeasurably. House Chair, 
uh, in the last decade of the NDP, in this last decade of the NDP, we are accelerating progress based on this solid foundation. Our vision of the post-COVID-19 basic education is anchored on the immediate implementation of a curriculum with skills and competences for a changing world. This is to meet the needs of the fourth industrial revolution through ICT rollout, as well as the introduction of entrepreneurship and the building uh, of focus schools. At the heart of the post-COVID-19 basic education roadmap is the elimination of the digital divide by ensuring that all schools and education offices have access to the internet and free data. During this financial year, the primary school reading improvement program through the DBE's primary school reading improvement program, direct curriculum, direct curriculum support is provided to 30,000 teachers of English, an English first additional language from grade one to six across all nine provinces. The training of subject advisors and school managers has been moved to an online platform to specifically support teachers with curriculum catch-up as well as psychosocial and health safety guidance associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. Curriculum support materials such as reading texts for learners and video clips for parents and teachers are being distributed via social media. In addition, reading has been packaged into the trimmed annual teaching plans, among others, as one of the fundamentals to be prioritized. However, none of these plans will make a lasting impact if the envisioned new basic education doesn't accelerate progress in the decolonization of the curriculum. This shall be done through the teaching and promotion of African languages, South African and African history, as well as the national symbols to all learners up to grade 12. This decolonization chair uh, the decolonization mantra is rooted in a recognition of the turbulent history of our country. I'm happy to report that work on this front is at the advanced stage. Uh, under program three, which is teacher education, human resource, will improve the professionalism, teaching skills, subject knowledge, and computer literacy of teachers throughout their entire career. This will enhance our singular focus on improving fundamental skills of literacy and numeracy, especially reading for meaning. Our new national reading plan provides an excellent explanation of the various aspects of our reading. As the National Reading Coalition works with partners to coordinate successful reading initiatives, both nationally and at second level, it is raising the profile of reading across 222 education circuits, which is 25%. Uh, through the provision of reading resor uh, resources to schools and communities and through the implementation of community-based activities aimed at stimulating a culture of reading across the country. Honorable Chair and members, to ensure sustainable progress on quality, Cabinet has decided uh, that ECD, early childhood development, should shift from the uh, Department of social development to the Department of Education. The newly revamped ECT sector is in the making. We, are, we have made a conscious decision that the building blocks of our envisioned basic education uh, post-COVID-19 must strengthen the foundation of early learning. This calls for the institutional transformation of the early childhood development sector. The function shift shows us, allows us to reimagine the whole concept uh, meaning and 
delivery of the early childhood education to assist us in realizing the reimagined ECT sectors. Uh, we have the, there's an interministerial committee, various work streams, a draft of a, an integrated national strategy for ECT sector, the ECT framework specifying the roles and responsibilities of basic education, uh, and also developing a long-term financing strategy. These plans will succeed only if we craft a new human resource plan for the ECT. Honorable your time has now expired. Thank you. Oh, it's expired. Thank you so much. I want to thank you, Chair, and thank my Minister. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. I will now invite the Honorable Richard Jainke to continue presiding over this session as I call upon the Honorable Sukas to deliver her speech. Honorable Sukas, you are recognized. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honourable Chair, we firstly wish to acknowledge our teachers who are, the front line, are at the front line serving in the education sector and convey our condolences for those families and school communities who are affected by the loss of a loved one or teacher during this period. Honourable Chair, the fault lines within our education system has been laid bare through this pandemic. It further deepens the social impact of poverty and inequality on the most vulnerable of our children. The hardest Honorable Sukas, thank you. Go ahead. The hardest part of this lockdown period is witnessing the impact of inequality and poverty that eats away at the wellness of the majority of our children. The ACDP wish to acknowledge the support given by the department in meeting with parents via Zoom. This meeting highlighted the need for grassroots engagements to address the uncertainty parents are facing. Hopefully COVID-19 will result in improved collaboration in a non-partisan manner to serve our communities within the education sector. The biggest challenge during this period has been communication on time and in time to address uncertainty and confusion. A large part of the uncertainty of parents face is that options available to them by DBE was not communicated or cross messaging between what the department states and the school communicates. Many parents were initially not aware of options available, available to them and that they could keep their children at home should they deem it not safe. We received reports of threats of deregistration communicated by schools. And this lack of communication further drove the anxiety, uncertainty and anger in some communities. The COVID-19 pandemic further emphasized the policy stance of the ACDP that ultimately parents are the primary authority in the education of their children. The role of the state is to support and play a facilitative role. In us addressing the inequality that is further exasperated by this pandemic, the ACDP notes that 2.1 billion has been cut from the department's education budget, reducing funds for longer term projects like school buildings and further support for math, science and technology. 
A further 4.4 billion has been reallocated from these grants to cover COVID-19 expenditure. It is our concern that due to the reprioritization of these funds on these critical projects, that it will further widen the inequality and lack of infrastructure in our poorest communities. These major adjustments require transparency and accountability in how funds are spent, especially for personal protection equipment. In the face of these budget cuts, the only manner in which we can attend the inequality that will result is to look at civil society to assist in solving the education crisis, which has been deepened by COVID-19. And the minister um, in her address certainly um, spoke on that. This requires the removal of unnecessary regulation and empowerment of our communities. We wish to further bring to the attention of the department the need for financial concession for those parents whose children attend fee-paying schools. Many parents are unable to pay school fees with many in arrears, especially women-headed households, self-employed parents, or contract workers. And we need to provide the necessary support to those who are affected in this manner. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Sukas. The next speaker will be Honorable Suela from the ANC. Honorable Suel. Yes, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson, for the opportunity. Honorable Minister, Deputy Ministers, and Honorable Members, as well as guests, good afternoon. Chairperson, it will be remiss of me not to indicate right from the onset that the ANC-led government did not kill learners and never will, not before, not now, and not in the near future as suggested by the honorable member from the EFF. The context of this budget vote debate on basic education is one of COVID-19, economic reco reconstruction uh, and recovery, and a reprioritized budget vote. Chairperson, the provision of quality basic services and the delivery of infrastructure program it's a key component of school development and economic recovery. The ANC election manifesto directs government to, rep to replace inappropriate school structures and sanitation facilities. These play a direct contribution towards creating a conducive learning environment as part of the forecast shifts towards the provision of quality education. Quality education leads to higher learner progression through the grades and higher completion rates. The building of infrastructure of uh, the building of quality 21st century schools in rural areas help improve the human development index. The provision of quality clean drinking water in rural areas and, and protect communities. Bridging the digital divide by increasing spectrum in rural areas means increased access to internet. It is in this context that we amplify the president's commitment to continue to, to invest in infrastructure in rural areas. The management of the health of learners and teachers, as well as learners' educational needs, is a complex matter, and each school has been advised to consider their specific conditions within a broad policy framework which caters for flexibility in a given situation. 
In this process, a principle has emerged that of no child being left behind. The risk-adjusted strategy and the flexibility in the management approach has meant that where it has been necessary for a school to close for a period of time, this has to happen so that tracking and tracing can take place. The, me the methodology that is being used is broad enough to deal with these challenges. As the virus peaks, okay, this budget vote takes place in the context of a supplementary budget impact upon the budget board of basic education related to the school backlogs infrastructure grant for water tanks that have to be procured to mitigate against COVID-19. Of concern, Chairperson, is that the education infrastructure grant has declined by 2.2 billion, reprioritized to deal with setting up schools to, to be compliant with the risk adjusted strategy in dealing with the pandemic. Of this amount, 600 million has been reprioritized towards the school infrastructure backlog grant for procurement of water tanks. Over and above the planned and committed infrastructure projects, COVID-19 demands that provinces to provide mobile classrooms, address vandalized schools, provide emergency water supply, address storm damage school as, as well as basic hygiene packages. Provinces are in the process of revising their business plans for approval by the department to address all these measures. The reality is that this may result in the postponement, suspension, or even termination of some projects. While we will understand the objective and purpose of the supplementary budget, the October medium-term budget policy statement has got to reflect the critical role and financing of infrastructure as a policy funded function over the medium-term expenditure framework. The role of providing infrastructure investment and support services to our schools supports the reconstruction and development program as announced by the ANC, designed to facilitate group and job, job creation. The ANC supports the budget vote. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Suela. Honorable Sheikh? It's uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair, and thank you very much for that uh, presentation. Uh, let me start off by paying tribute to our Baba Andrew Mlangeni, who played a pivotal role for, uh, and as, the, the, as a result of the role that he played, we are here today in a liberated South Africa. Our condolences to his family and particularly to the African National Congress as well. May his soul rest in peace. Now, Honorable Chairperson, allow me to start off with a quote by John F. Kennedy, where he says, all of us do not have equal talent but all of us should have an equal opportunity to develop our talent. And um, now having said that, Honorable Chairperson, I don't think it is the quantity of, of students or learners that pass that should be important. What should be important is the quality of education that we provide to these learners. And we know that education in South Africa, some are in the privileged areas and have better quality of education, while other, other areas are being deprived of that. Now, let me start off, Chairperson, by expressing my disappointment that this department decided. Initially, they said it was 
not in the interest of children to go to go back to school when the infections were low. Then the infections are high and they decided the children must go back to school. The minister said that the schools were 99% ready. Then she went to 98%. 30% of the water was still not provided. We don't know what happened to the savings on, on the nutrition program and the scholar transport. Nobody seems to know what has actually happened in terms of that. 16,000 teachers have comorbidities in South Africa. Now, we were told kids are not at risk. I will now accept that the minister is not responsible for the death of so many children. But can we tell the minister to tell us how many lives could have been saved with learners in South Africa that have died and educators that have died because of this reckless decision to allow learners to go back in the peak of the pandemic to let them to go back to school. We say to them they must socially distance at school, but they must sit in the taxis 100% on top of each other. There's no social distancing, but they must go back to the school now. Now, is this the conduct of the department acceptable or not acceptable? And let me tell you, Honorable Chairperson, many structures, the, the, the governing bodies in the schools have been having a difficult time because MECs have been putting pressure on them that they must accept it, otherwise they are going to be victimized. It is not fair what we have done to the learners and what we have done to the parents. Because remember, we've accepted that the parents, most of black children live with their grandparents, not even with their parents. So look at the risk that you put them at. And I think that the decision by the department, reckless as it is not accepting the guidance and the advice from so many structures, unions, governing bodies, parents' organization, is totally unacceptable for what they have done today. And I think that they must take responsibility for where we are today in terms of education in this country. Honorable Jaisa, you next. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Can you hear me, Chairperson? Chairperson, can you hear me? Honorable Chairperson? Yes. Yes, we can. You can, you can hear me. I do not need assistance. Go ahead, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Condolences to the family of the late who has just departed for the better world. May his soul rest in peace. Greetings to the Honorable Minister, my sister Njim Tsekha, the Honorable Deputy Minister, Regina Mhawle, my chairperson, Bongwe Mpengokikaba, Honorable Members and everyone. Honorable Chairperson, many people have been expecting a lot of announcements from this department regarding schooling. COVID-19 has just put people in two groups regarding the opening of schools. It is a dilemma whether to open or not to open schools, a matter of to be or not to be. Therefore, a balance has got to be struck between the two in order to succeed. What of the chairperson? What a way of the fact that the education is in terms of the budget is always allocated, allocated better than most departments. The reduction therefore for education and infrastructure it is now. 
This card will further expose learners and teachers to the dangers of outbreak as many schools lack basic infrastructure. Most of the target or a person, the issue of school infrastructure and is is too much of a concern challenge. Up to most of the schools have not yet been provided with water and sanitation for the returning grades. PPEs are not enough in most of the schools. Chairperson, some schools are still waiting for the, for the additional teachers because there are fewer teachers than for these learners in some of the schools. We are of the opinion that the available PPEs, water sanitation, infrastructure, would be good for only grade 12. Other grades cannot be accommodated as we have to follow the COVID-19 protocols. The Thank you, Honorable Chaisa. Your time has expired. It has happened during school opening. The problem with Honorable Chaisa. Time has expired. Cooperation in this regard is needed. Thank you, Honorable Keep and work together. For the I now recognize uh, Cope. Cope, not in the house. I proceed to the PAC. The PAC, not in the house. My next speaker will be Honorable Van der Waal from the DA. Voorzitter, my dank aan elke onderwijzer, leder, ouder en collega wat in hierdie uitdagende tydperk werk om ons meer as 12.400.000 kinderse onderrug in die 23.076 openbare skole te verseker. En die COVID-19 has a detrimental impact on the education of our learners and so does the budget cut of 2 billion rand. The opportunity for every learner to receive quality education should be non-negotiable. Yet, in South Africa, the government prioritized bailing out SOEs with billions of rand instead of investing in proper infrastructure, which will ensure adequate classrooms at every school in which every learner will be seated at his or her own desk. Schools where learners and teachers will have decent ablution facilities built by accredited contractors as a prerequisite, and where every school is properly fenced to ensure the safety during and after school hours. Plans in glossy documents, colorful presentations, sonar, SOPA, and budget speech promises 
seem to be forgotten as soon as it is presented. Verskye speciale ouders verslaan soos onder andere nieuws wat jaarliks inlichting verskaf oor die stand van infrastruktuur word skynbaar nie ernstig opgeneem nie en as dit ooit gelees word. If we did take such reports seriously and acted promptly on it, we would have been able to deal with the demands and protocols of the COVID-19 pandemic um, from the start of the pandemic. In South Africa, COVID-19 is used now to make up for years of neglect. Suddenly, provinces, excluding the Western Cape, could identify 3,475 schools in need of critical water supply challenges, not before. The department could quickly sign a memorandum with the worst performing department of water and sanitation and rand water as the implementing agent and allocate 600 million rand to them to install water tanks and deliver portable water by water trucks to these tanks. Suddenly also, we saw 1,960 schools with emergency sanitation needs on the department's program uh, allocating two mobile toilets per school, 1,507 in the Eastern Cape and 453 schools in Limpopo. Note these two provinces also uh, received lottery funds of 10 million rand each, and we're still looking for the schools and the toilets. Neither the critical water program by water and sanitation department nor the sanitation projects allocated to Mbula Trust have been completed for the reopening of schools still day. Since the start of the lockdown, 1,718 plus schools have been vandalized. This is a serious setback. The minister is quite correct. But what are we doing to keep our schools and thus education safe? We will have to get funding to improve the security of our infrastructure and our equipment at schools. As we know, 9.7 million children benefit from the school nutrition scheme. For many of them from our poorer communities, this is the only meal they will get. It is therefore commendable that the Western Cape Department continued providing meals to children during the lockdown in order to combat malnutrition. And Honorable Chantel King is quite correct. It is indeed a scandal that a court of law had to force the Department of Basic Education to continue with the nutrition scheme. All were thanks to some unions trying to force their will without acknowledgements and understanding of any scientific facts. Threat specifically by a user to shut down schools by force is unacceptable in a democracy and infringes on our children's constitutional right to education and should be rejected by all. Minister, you are the custodian of education, not the unions. Protect our children's constitutional right. Their education is important to their future life their health and their food security. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honorable Adwans from the African National Congress. Honorable Adwans. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, let me greet the Minister, the Deputy Minister, the Portfolio Committee members, all the members of parliament in, that are present in this virtual meeting. Chair, let me also join by con sending my condolences to the family of Utata Isitwalanda, Isitwalandwe, who entered Langin. Chairperson, 
We assist in this debate with the need to control the COVID-19 pandemic, whilst at the same time ensure that the pedagogic development of our children, the safety of the safety and the safety of their safety and the safety of the teachers and staff are not compromised. All within the concept of the budget vote that has been prioritized in order to deal with the impact of the pandemic on schooling. The pandemic has impacted on public health, the economy and social cohesion, the devastating consequences for all sectors of the society, especially the most vulnerable. The pandemic has exposed the persistent faults of poverty, inequality, unemployment in our society. As the nation, we must seize the opportunity to fight both the public health and a pandemic but also to embark on the program of socio-economic reconstruction, solidarity, and common prosperity. The ANC has, in, in response, considered a draft COVID-19 recon reconstruction growth and development plan, which will be finalized and released for public comment and inputs. A number of measures are in place to mitigate the social, the social and economic impact of the pandemic. This includes swiftly providing water to communities schools and other critical facilities who are with who were without who, who were without food relief shelter to the homeless increase of existing social grants and the introduction of the covid-19 grant for unemployed who do not receive any grant or benefits chairperson the, the medium term uh, strategic framework 2019 to 2024 emphasizes the key outcomes that I expected from the basic education of the, over the next five years. These are reflected as follows. An improved school readiness of children, reading for meaning, children better prepared for further studies and the world of work beyond grade nine. Youth leaving the schools, schooling system more prepared to contribute towards a prosperous and equitable South Africa and school physical infrastructure environment and inspire learners to learn and teachers to teach. The theory of change tool in the department strategic plan maps out a process that facilitates educational change and the development of children. Scientifically, we have to look at the provision of basic education in an interconnected manner. The threats that the department outlines in its strategic plan points to systemic experiences and internal pressures, including weak instructions, weak learning, and weak school function functionality. In points to in, in, it points to, imbal to imbalanced development and reduced capability to withstand shocks. COVID-19 added to the shock and together with <clears throat> slowdown in economic growth and budget reprioritization, all points towards the need to strengthen the interconnected perspective to deliver on the basic education program, responding to the COVID-19 that has exposed deeper elements of poverty and inequality, Chairperson. On, on, the, on the balance of evidence, which is determined through scanning the school environment and quantitative testing, not individual case stories that we hear on members, uh, on the honorable members here, uh, perpetuating that uh, there are people, uh, young people, learners that are dying and teachers that have died. But these are the, are the scientific uh, uh, proof that, no, that uh, 
what has characterized the phase return to schooling has been the management and provision of support and care for the infected, affected, and vulnerable. Considerable work has been done in this regard to make the learning environment safe and secure. The preliminary assessment meant that the supplementary budget had a direct impact upon budget vote of the department over the two billion in the redirection of funds and the grant, the grants for the establishment and functioning of the management system to deal with the reducing the possibility of the virus spreading. This is a conscious effort to balance the pedagogic need of the child whilst at the same time providing a conducive environment that it is safe for staff, teachers, and learners. The training and preparations of staff in safety and staggered approach to the reopening of schools has been conducted. The phase in return to school also addressed the reality that under level three chairperson of the, the risk adjusted strategy, working parents are able to be at work whilst their children are in a structured environment of learning. The approach of the department has reflected the president's approach during which there has been and continues to be widespread consultation. This is not only the decision of the minister, as we see that she has been attacked all, all through. It, is the, it was the decision that was taken by the collective of the, uh, the, the NCC. One cannot allow a, a pandemic not only to wreck human physical havoc, but to turn a response into a contested terrain in which we cannot find one another and we degenerate into fractions, all claiming to have the answer, yet weakening the effort to both protect and provide learners and teachers and staff. It is this regard that the ANC supports the guidelines on schooling, sanitizing, social distancing and screening, the provision of basic uh, sanitation and hygiene packages to, to all schools, safety in scholar transport and provision of emergency water supplies to schools with inadequate water. It is in this regard that the ANC chairperson knows the proposed curriculum adjustment for all grades. What is, requi is required is close cooperation between education officials, other government departments and schools with principals, teachers, school governing bodies to, to have a school functioning to the uh, level of... Continue, Honorable uh, Adwans. Okay. To, to have schools functioning to the level of capacity that provides a conducive envi environment for learning, at the same time addressing the anxiety and the fears of parents and grandparents. The ANC welcomes the dedicated SABC educational channel, which enable multiple platforms on radio, TV, YouTube, Facebook Live, WhatsApp, and etc. to support learners to catch up. We appreciate the special attention being paid to make, uh, to make provision for learners in special schools. Getting our children back to school and back to learning safely will require a high level of, the, of leadership and communication from all stakeholders. The sector's uh, social compact that the president has have spoken of. Chairperson, let me talk Don't to- The uh, time has expired. Thank you, Honorable uh, uh, Adwans. We support the budget, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you.
I now call on the Minister of uh, Basic Education, the Honourable Minister. Ah. No, thank you very much, Chair. Let me again thank the committee and members, members for the engagement and the, and the input just, that they just have given. Pause there, just pause there, Minister. Honourable Mbana, I will not repeat this. Continue, Minister. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I hope you've not taken my minutes because I'm starting a fresh chair. So I really want to thank the leadership of parliament, but also thank members of the different parties for very helpful uh, counsel advice. And also, as I say, as usual, we take seriously what members raise with us and try to follow up and implement as much as possible. But as usual, Chair, you also have to really acknowledge that we have the anti-everything, repeating the old saying all the time and nothing constructive. But I guess the ANC has delivered democracy to them, let them enjoy it. But it's very unfortunate that we can't use opportunities to engage, to be able to build a nation. I, I want to respond to most of the things, as I say, Chair, we have taken counsel, we are taking advice from different members that have raised issues. But I thought just for the record, let me clarify this thing about the stubborn minister. The minister does not take decisions on her own. The sector belongs to members of the, of the community and to the nation. And members should know better that the minister takes decisions in council with other MECs. The other point I also wanted to raise is that I'm sure members should I don't want to, to sound, should be really embarrassed of themselves because I don't know who are they representing. I thought they'd be humble enough to say, let's hear what the parents are saying, not speak for parents. Last week, Chair, I consulted all key stakeholders in the sector. I spoke to all governing bodies member uh, from the NFP. All governing bodies, without exception, supported the opening of schools. So I don't know which parents are speaking for. All provinces supported the ongoing opening of schools. So I don't know whether these organizations and the noise that we hear, that you, you hear, which we don't know. I'm talking about the legitimate structures that have the authority to decide on the lives and the future of South African children, which is your provinces, your parents, and all NGOs working in the sector everybody else was, was supporting, supporting the opening of schools. So don't speak for people as if they've spoken for themselves, so don't speak for themselves. But I also want to say, Chair, it's sometimes very unfortunate and certainly because these debates are very helpful in terms of assisting us as the ruling party to hear divergent views from other parties. If we're going to then have to deal with opportunism and populism that is here, that we have leaders of parties invoking the death of children to try and be relevant, it's very sad. Let the Komape and uh, the, the, the Eastern Cape uh, child, let the souls rest in peace. Here, what we are presenting is a basic education vote for 2020-2021. Let's not involve the lives of young people in the desperation of being relevant. And also what I also find quite unfortunate, members write to you, ask for figures, take the platform, 
and then play to the gallery and draw the figures at you. So they're not helping you. We want different views so that we can enrich the work that we're saying. And also now to say we're surprised about inequalities. I am surprised that you are surprised. But I really want to appeal to, to members to say, please, let's tell no lies and claim easy victories. Let's be honest about who we're representing. You are not representing the popular view. Don't pretend that you are doing that. So the decision to close or not, as I say, out, come out of that space if you don't know what the debate is. But also, Chair, as I said, I don't want to answer all questions, but can assure that there is no school that has been reported to us that at this stage they had water shortages. We acknowledge that there are major infrastructure problems, and we're the first one and to, to upfront acknowledge that we have problems in that area. But that not one big problem, which indeed is infrastructure, cloud the core business of government, which is learning and teaching. And I just was disappointed that all jumping to the bend, we're going to agree infrastructure is a problem, but we're also making lots of progress check in areas which is our core responsibility, which is learning and teaching. And I didn't find members saying that and really uh, uh, helping us. And I'm sure other members, as I close, that um, even if the DA, I was to repeat the things that they say should happen, I'm sure they will reject it. Because their mandate is to reject everything. So even if we're to agree, so I don't expect anything. And if they were to agree, then I will know something is wrong. Because at no stage, I think it's the brief. I think it's the brief to reject everything. And they will even reject things that they know religiously are true. So I don't expect anything which is unfortunate. There's a big opposition party. There's a constituency. You expect them to bring constructive art, but all they do is find a mistake and reject everything, and they will reject even the things that they do. Your time has expired. Thank you. Okay. Um, That's thank why you the much, minister uh, always uh, runs to the West to take advice. Well done. 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 Well done.